Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we are discussing What If, Season 2, Episode 9. What if Strange Supreme intervened? All that and more of the said, we have um, some amount of control over. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I am the Watcher. No, I'm Jeff Randall. <laughs> I'm watching The Watcher. Who watches The Watcher? Oh, and with us today, we have Jay Scotty St. Clair again, holding it down. Been been on almost every episode of What If, all but the first two, right? Uh, that's correct, yeah. This yeah, season. So it's been okay. a lot of fun. Thanks for uh, letting me stick around. Yeah, man. Been great having And you. if he had been in Birmingham, he would have been there for it, too. I know it. That's right. Next time, baby. <laughs> Next time. <laughs> All right, Rody. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's let's get into this last episode. Uh, what what'd you guys think? We had a doozy, right? It was quite quite an episode. Yeah, I'm honestly still trying to wrap my head around like what I just saw in full transparency. Every other episode I've watched twice. This one I have not watched twice, so I'm kind of relying on you guys to help guide the conversation. But wow, they just went all out in this episode. Mm-hmm. I, I thought it was a blast for that reason. Yeah. I finished watching this episode 48 minutes ago, so mm-hmm. I'm... Like, You're right That there. was the first <laughs> time. I'm right there with you. I watched cool. it three hours ago and then watched it again right before we recorded. So I've got it twice. <laughs> okay. And I, and I like to... This, I always take notes the second time so that I don't mm-hmm. have to, like, focus on notes the first time. So yeah. I'm, so I'm, I, I'm pretty familiar with it now. I, I just freaking loved this episode. It was really cool. One thing I thought was really cool, I had talked about how they had slipped those few lines, and you guys didn't even see it. So maybe it was, I thought it was maybe just me, but they had slipped those few lines in that made me think Kahori might go too far, might right. end up being a bad guy. Then they open this episode trying to convince you as an audience member that she might have gone too far, and they right. send you yep. there. And I was so glad we'd had that conversation. I was hoping it infested you guys' brains so y'all could have the same experience I was. We were like, oh, they're – because I was – me and my, my niece was sitting there, and I, I I was like, he's sending her. I bet he's sending her to get Kahori. I bet it's Kahori. And I paused it, <laughs> and my niece was like, if he's sending her to get Kahori, I'm on Kahori's side. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I definitely did think of you, and, and my reaction was more like, damn it, he's right again. I had that one. I had that one. I was like, oh, no, Matt might be right. He's never going to let us hear the end of it. Well, I love when I'm right. Um, <laughs> but no, like, it, it, I, I was not upset that I was wrong, but I do yeah. think that was a very deliberate, those couple of lines that made it a little bit ominous, I think it was very deliberately, like, setting up the fact that when you watch this episode you go ooh oh no and then you real and then it like makes you have to think like maybe it is her maybe it is him but once yeah. she mentions it's him it's like oh no it's definitely him <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah i had the i thought it was him to begin with because when they're walking through his what does he call it the infinite sanctum or something like that yeah sanctum, sanctum infinitum in, there you go one of the few things I noticed in the background was the young Peter Quill. Oh, and he was okay. talking about how he was taking out universal threats, but young Peter yeah. Quill was in one of the chambers. He was one of the first things I saw, and I was like, why would he capture young Peter Quill? We saw that episode. That, that he's, he's not a bad guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. There was that thing that uh, Gahori said that was like, 
he's also getting righteous heroes. Exactly. Yeah. Like he's getting, you know, everybody. And I was like, I was thinking like, is he like keeping them in storage to like bust out when a team needs to happen? Like, are they like the multiversal version of good winter soldiers? (laughs) Cause that would be pretty cool. I guess. No, they're just fuel for his forge to build his universe back. Right. I was hoping that the forge would be something a bit more than the big rings from the movie Contact. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I thought those rings were nice because they kind they very much reminded me of the like imagery that we see in all the sanctums. They like the the swirling images of the different sort of non cocentric rings that are like in the background of a lot of the like the stained glass and such. You know, it kind of yeah. looked like that, but a moving version almost. I thought of uh, Nidavellir as well. Yes. Which was like a, an engine and a forge itself. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Totally. Yep. And I mean, that same sort of imagery is used in like so many space and sci-fi things. True. Um, most recently, I, I saw it in Starfield. Um, okay. Because it's like you're constructing that from the pieces of artifacts that you gather. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, you know, it's clearly making that same sort of shape where it's just like, oh, this is, we're making science thing. Cool. <laughs> Making science object. Well, speaking of kind of like sci-fi iconography that like kind of instantly sells you on an idea, I I really loved having like so much of the Kirby Crackle brought to life. Yes. Oh, that was yes. amazing. And that, like that's when like what if is like really leaning into like what it does so well with its its animated sensibilities. Yeah. The bizarro, like you couldn't do this kind of thing in like that you know, if you had Benedict Cumberbatch there being all like ah, doing his thing, <laughs> it would look great for him. But when you go to animate that same sort of like the 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 bubbles and crackles and mm. and weird looking energy that he's shooting, like that's not going to track the same in right. you know in live action. You know, yeah, if you could call it that. Yeah, I found myself <laughs> in this in the middle of this episode being so thankful for the show because the kind of bonker stuff they're doing that yep. is so like deep in the lore of the MCU, but also of this show and like crossing the universes. And when, I mean, when Peggy steps forward and she has like, you know, the cap shield, the, the Hella helmet, the right. infinity stones. And then that sword, which I don't even know who that character was. Does anybody know who it that looked like Hulk? It was like, like a Hulk version Hulk. of Hulk. Yeah, yeah. It was an armored Hulk with some sort of like glowing sword, but I didn't know what I'm assuming that's a he comic book version. Weapons. Yeah. It kind of looked like the All Father from the 1602 episode that we just saw. I thought so too. Yeah. But it, the animation was totally different with like the power that it had. Like, sure. Um, when Thor was using the All Father, it was like a crackling, like electricity. Sure. Um, but this sword had like a yellow beam that it was firing. I was like, what is. Like, I didn't even know what that was. I thought it was a strange choice, honestly. I kind of wish she'd picked up Mjolnir in that moment because, like, mm. it, that would have been a more iconic image for me because I know what that means. Yeah. It yeah. was cool, though, to see Kahori. Using her powers floating Milnir. Exactly, though. Like, we had to have Kahori do it so that we know how good and worthy Kahori is. Sure. Yes. Sure. Absolutely. And, I mean, Peggy already had the infinity armor. And, <laughs> yeah. like, she had so much else going for her. Like, she did not need Milnir on top of it. Last episode, when you mentioned wanting a figure of the Destroyer, Jeff, you were talking yep. about wanting the Destroyer. That's what I want. I really want a figure of Peggy. God, Captain mm. Infinity. Captain, Give me oh, a- <laughs> yes, 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 yes. 
Yeah. When I saw her put that armor on, I was like, Infinite Peggy! No, wait. <laughs> Captain Infinity! <laughs> Infinite <Yeah>. Peggy. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many names for for that like crazy amalgam. Yeah. That's like when, when you get a kid, like you get him a little thing from every movie, right? You get him Mjolnir, you get him a shield, you get him a helmet. And then they go into their toy box and they come out just decked out in all of it. And they're like, nothing will stop me! Captain Multiverse, she's a hero. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh, I have to mention this. Like, I want to wait till the end because it's not chronological, but like, but damn, we have talked about the the tree. Oh, yeah. We have talked about so much about Loki and how we didn't think they'd revisit him for a while and all this stuff. And they didn't technically revisit Loki, but like, to go back to that image of the world tree as seen at the end of Loki. In an episode of What If that was, you know, that is dropped like a month later, like that mm-hmm. is some tight continuity. That is some yeah. like Marvel firing on all cylinders, badass continuity building. And like the idea that Uatu, like, what does that mean? Is Uatu telling her the story of Loki? Like he says, there's some really cool things you want to see in the multiverse. And you know how he kind of like looks into stories and narrates them. Like, is is she watching Loki season two right now? Is that's what Captain Carter's going to do? <laughs> That's, that's what Disney Plus wanted me to do. <laughs> like, when it ended, it was like, you'll like Loki. And right. I'm like, I've already watched Loki, and I did like it. You're right. I'll go ahead and watch it again. <laughs> it took everything I had in my being, in my person, to not shriek, like, scream like a little girl mm-hmm. when Yggdrasil showed up. When that same iconog or that same, like, beautiful image of the tree of green branching out into the blue. Yeah. Up top. Like when that showed up, my mouth was wide open. My hands were spread out wide, like up in the air. And I was like, ah, my neighbors, (laughs) they're going to call the police. Yeah. Yeah, Similar to the two of you, that moment was like a really triumphant moment for me. Like as a fan of animation, like I I think back to, to season one of What If and how much I loved it, but it seemed like, you know, the Marvel fans in general, they kind of forgot about it or it would often like, end up at the bottom of like you know favorite lists and whatnot but to come full circle and like show that there's that synergy and there's that continuity and for have to have loki season two end on such a high note and like have so much renewed enthusiasm for marvel and to see like the creators are actually communicating during the productions of these shows not after the fact Mm -hmm. not after they know it was received really well but actually like hedging their bets around the fact like no we know we have something good here yeah like that it was just yeah uh, really, it feels really, really good. They called their shot. I actually wondered about that. I wondered if they did call their shot because it's only that one single like pan shot. And I wondered maybe. if like maybe it's possible after it was just like we kind of are suspecting they removed some things from the Marvels after Secret Invasion wasn't as well received. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of talk about that. Uh, what if Loki was so well received? Maybe this scene was planned. Maybe they had some other, like, they she's just looking at the cosmos, but then someone was like, that was so well received. What if that's what they're looking at? You know what I mean? Like, I could yeah. totally see like, the opposite. You've got the layers there. You know, you've yeah. got the characters in the foreground. You've got the potential background. Just keep that. And then whatever is the most popular thing, we'll just <laughs> slot that in. Oh, is it, the, is it the end credit scene to the Marvels? Let's look at Monica Rambeau, like, falling through 
through that crack in space or something. You know, it could have been something like that, but instead, yeah. that's the thing everyone's loving, so they put that there. I don't know. That that's I don't even think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that's really cool ability to pivot if that's what happened. But it's also possible they just planned ahead, and either way, I really like it. I just think it's freaking awesome. I like it more if they planned ahead. Me too. And I they called the shot too. in that big way. I do too. Because I mean, that's you know, that's Marvel knowing that they've got a good thing, knowing that you know they they may have swung for the fences, but like it's gonna pay off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's that thing that's like I've got I've got an idea that's going to make dozens of dollars. Like it is going to work out. Yeah. Dozens of dollars. Yeah, that was a really great moment to end the episode on because, like I said, it really felt kind of like kind of like a crescendo. But like thinking about some other like really applause worthy moments in the episode, like I really like you hearkening, you know, the like full Peggy with the full arsenal, kind of comparing that to that you know Cap with Mjolnir moment from Endgame. But I I think there were some moments earlier on in the episode that like they they made me swell up just the same like seeing surter swarmed with hella <laughs> infested zombies and then oh, yes God, after yes. i compared cohorty to wanda to have her face off against like zombie wanda yes was yes insane and so so great that's so and satisfying then we we talk about how um thinking about Cohorty might have been the villain and with her introduction like that was like straight out of age of ultron quicksilver the way she was zipping around those mm-hmm. trees in the snow so yep. I, I loved all that stuff. Totally. So you you mentioned the the trees in the snow, but that that reminds me, like in in the beginning of that episode, it looked like because of like what Awatu said, he said that the the explosion took out you and uh, and Steve, mm-hmm. and so there was nobody to stop Red Skull, and so he took over the world. I'm like, but Kahori's there. What? What was I, I thought about she that. doing? I don't think she was from this universe that they entered. I think because he said she escaped. Yeah. So I think she escaped oh. from the prison and right. ended up in this world. So this she was like a completely new that setting. One. Yeah, that was my yeah. take on it too. I thought I had the same thing. I had the same thoughts when I was like, "How did Kohori taking over the Spanish armies end with Red Skull in charge?" Like I don't understand <laughs> this at all. Like I don't understand how that tracks. Right. But, well. It's that uh, the energy that she uses got inter like interwoven into the technology, uh, and then that made for bigger explosions, and they actually did kill right. Peggy and Steve. Well, then if you really wanted to go with it, but they say they killed Peggy and Steve, so it it's not this, but it could it could have been. If you really want to connect those dots, it could be that just like America doesn't exist because it was never colonized, so it was never like made into a country. So and maybe the the Kahori's people. They stayed like out of the wars and such, and so like the 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 Red Skull won because he you know took over Europe or whatever. Yeah. Oh, her people were like, okay, so like we got our freedom, like we got the Spanish off our backs, but like now you're wanting us to fight another war. Where does it end? Yeah. Where does it end, Cohorty? Yeah. And she's like, we have to constantly defend, like, forever? No, I'm going to live on a freaking mountain over there. You do your thing, I'm out. Yeah. Other things that were amazing to see is, like, Infinite Killmonger, again. Oh, yeah. Just like, oh, yeah. Oh, that was cool. Like, in the full Black Panther armor with the stones. That was just so yep. freaking cool. And his theme from the movie kicking in. I, I love Ooh, that. Movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And they didn't even have to have him say anything, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, you know, like you were saying, where... uh uh, on the last episode where like they just have a voice actor, you know, 
come in for a line or two, sure, they might have to pay him. Right. Otherwise, he doesn't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. Like, he just has to start fighting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, as long as they can animate that into it, like, oh, we know that character. We get that reference. Well, mm-hmm. and then when, when she says, where did, where did he go? And he drops over to him fighting Win Woo. And just, like, mm-hmm. Black Panther versus Win Woo was cool. And then <laughs> so above cool. them... Two Thors are flying at each other. Oh my gosh, it was fun. God, yes, we had a um, like Western looking Loki Loki? with two pistols and like I don't know what his name is, but I'm calling him Quick Draw Lofi Son. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. I I am burdened with glorious pistols. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But that's just one of those scenes like you really could like pause and go frame by frame and try to catch like every single like you know character oh, and, and possibility that they show it's it's amazing when when they were playing it i was like i don't have time to like <laughs> yeah. pause this at every frame and look for like who all is in the globes right and who's in the background like i don't i don't have i i've got to we gotta record like we can, we're recording <laughs> Right. Like I gotta watch the episode like a freaking plebeian. Like I can't like I can't just stop it and be interested. I did pause on a few shots and like I think we've mentioned most of what I saw. Like there's not a lot that I could tell off the off the bat. I saw like a dark elf in one of the shots. Mm-hmm. Um th- th- there's a lot of things in there, but like in the background I didn't see much that they don't like kind of focus on. I'm sure there's some good yeah. Easter eggs in there. I can't wait to like uh really get to go frame by frame. Mm-hmm. I saw at least one of the the helmets of like an Asgardian warrior, like uh-huh. you know, just Asgardian soldier. And I was like, yeah. "What? What did he do? Like, what was his universe-ending thing?" Well, a lot right. of them aren't universe-ending. They were just people. He just got people that were powerful that he could feed to his forge. Like, he's not really looking. Like, I think if I had to guess, Supreme Strange, his thought process was like started out doing like. I'm going to capture these universe-ending threats. And then he started going, but if I do that enough, I just need powerful people to feed to my forge. And then he started, like, going off the path. You know, like, well, yeah, yeah just get these other people, too. I can bring back a whole world if I just take a couple heroes. And then it's just... <laughs> Nobody's going to miss everybody. these universes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I miss mine. I thought it was really neat when everyone was falling and Hela throws her helmet and, like, all the other... Heroes and villains are like throwing. It reminded me of that scenes in various like whatever medieval things where they're like, "And you have my sword, and you have my yeah. axe, or whatever." You know, like like yeah, literally, but- you have my sword and my axe and my daggers and my like you have whatever you need for me, and just all the most powerful weapons from the MCU like lining up at their feet. It was just it was cool. It was I was expecting cool. Peggy to put on all of it, like <laughs> yeah. the whole thing, like. Just wielding every weapon, shield, rings on, sword in hand, Mjolnir somewhere nearby, you know, the Hella helmet on there. Like, I was expecting Peggy to just be decked out, and she's like, okay, my turn. Mm -hmm. Matt, if you remember when we talked about episode four, we talked about the Sakaar race, how, like, they could, Disney could make a, a... ride out of that i also thought about when the the various you know denizens of the multiverse were being lifted up and down i was like this would be a pretty great ride too like if you've ever done those like spaceships at like a uh a, a oh, carnival dude. or something like that that like stick you up on the wall and move you up and down as it spins around can you imagine that that like that that you're going like up and down like one of those uh one of those rides that does that 
Uh-huh. But you're going like Tower of Terror. Yeah. Well, yes, but then you're going like underground, like into like that forge shape or whatever, yeah. into like a glowing like mountain. It's like you're going into a volcano or something, and then coming back out, and then going back in. Like that would be terrifying and fun. <laughs> I'd love that it. That would be great. That would be so great. <laughs> yeah, sounds really cool. Uh, what did you guys think of the last temptation of Carter? <laughs> it was uh, it was nice to see uh, Stanley Tucci again. I don't know if they had him reread any lines or if they just lifted that out of the did. movie, but they credited the man at the beginning of the episode. They did, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and th- th- that was the end of this whole thing. I mentioned it last week, uh, last episode, last week, uh, tw- twenty minutes ago. I mean, um, <laughs> I mentioned it on the last episode, but like. This idea that she could not lose Steve again, and then she again chooses to lose him here. Like I know that it's it's false, but it's still like right. the most tempting thing he can put in front of her. And then she also has her, the line earlier. He's like, "You would do this for Steve," and she's like, "I would never do this for Steve," and he wouldn't want me to either. The cost is too high. Ah, he yeah. wouldn't want me to either. Was like so powerful, mm-hmm. such a, a strong line. Like I know. That it, I, I know that I could tear down the world to try to bring him back, but he wouldn't want that. Right. Well, I know he wouldn't want that. And they so have I that can't. great line, too, that really brings, brings full circle the strange character of just like, he's been fighting to save Christine. That's what he's doing, doing all of this time. And she's like, Christine would want you to stop. And he's like, but I don't want to. Like, she wouldn't want this. And he's like, but I want this. Like, I'm going to do great. Yeah, yeah oh. his grief is too great, and he has lost control of it. I think is what he says. Mm. Yeah, oh, it's really, really good. And then, as he's as he's finally beaten and dying, the good side of himself, represented by the human version, like comes out and grabs the hand of the uh, of the the demon that is his grief, and like holds mm. him to, as he falls into the pit. It is really, really cool. Like really, really yeah. well done characterization. Fully rounded arc. I believed we, we we were talking about it ever since we found out he was going to be an active participant this season, and even that like last season when Watu kind of left him in a in a way that like sounded like he was going to continue the fight. Mm-hmm. We were we were kind of like, I don't know about that. Like he's he's he like he's I don't know if he's fully reformed, and like so it's very <laughs> believable when he do, takes this turn. Um, yeah, oh, it's really good. <laughs> well, the way that I remember it. Or the way that I feel, sorry, the way that I remember feeling about it uh, at the end of the first season was that um, Watu gave him the you know little snow globe with those guys in it and sent him back to his own little like here's your bubble world, uh, enjoy like you know you got nothing else to do but sit around so go take this with you and and sit around and like right. it was just kind of like you know, go live in the toy box for a bit uh, and think about what you've done. Eh, sort of. I, that's where I felt like it, they, they left. It was just kind of like strangers just going to hang out and be like, well, got nothing else to do. Might as well. I don't know. You guys want to play poker or something? Mm-hmm. It's like once he's built, once he's traveled the multiverse with the watcher, he somehow like gained the ability to do that. And, you know, like used his experience to gain that power. But I did love that. Like the beauty of, Strange giving his life, falling into the forge, holding himself to falling into the forge, and still that was able to create his world. It's really the nice. one that he'll never be born into. So now the, yes. the, the what if is what if Stephen Strange was never born, and it turns out it's yep. a, a pretty 
pleasant universe. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out it's pretty decent. Yeah. Uh, but no, I, that all really worked for me too. And I, I think about everything you guys are saying and, and yeah, coming off the heels of season one, um, it really felt like he was kind of fulfilling a, a kind of like self-imposed punishment. And then even Peggy, like in this episode, I think she said you were like serving a penance. So it really mm-hmm. just kind of speaks to the fact that like he still never addressed his grief. It was still there and it just built yeah. and he was distracting himself, but never, never healing from that grief. So. Yep. He threw himself into the work instead of getting therapy. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. So yeah, I, I, <laughs> I think that uh, that all works really well. I will say though, I kind of hope that this marks an end of seeing Dr. Strange as a villain because like we've seen it in a multiverse of madness. Now we've seen it in what if a couple of different times. And I, I've heard the the speculation and the theories out there that like strange could go on to become like our, our villain for secret wars. But if that ends up happening, I'm sure if they, you know, deliver it in a way that works, I'll, I'll be okay with it. But at this point it's like, Dr. Strange is a, a good guy. Yeah. He's nuanced and he has some questionable sides to him, but I don't, I don't want to see him be a villain anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He does a lot of stuff in the name of good. Can we actually see him doing the good? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Can we see the good of his labors? Yeah. It really is uh, kind of a dark thing that, like, the strange character, almost every other version we've met in another universe has turned dark. Mm-hmm. And it's just our strange that's been walking the line. And, and he goes, you know, he has that third eye. He has the, like, sort of like the remnants of uh, being of reading the dark hold. And so I don't know, man, I don't know if there's more tote for our Dr. Strange, um, but I hope so. One thing I found really cool on a rewatch of this episode is two lines hit me way different. Um, there was a line that uh, Uatu is talking about. He says, I'm, I want, I worry about you, Peggy going off. And uh, I wonder, I worry about what will happen. And then after she stops listening to him, he says, uh, two heroes will unite to stop a threat unlike anything the multiverse has seen. And you're assuming he means Peggy and Steve at Steven right. at that point, but like it's just beautiful because he sees what's going to happen. And he sees no, it's it's two heroes and it's going to be Kahori. And I just thought that was really cool that his narration was his narration is almost always true, even if it doesn't like line up with what you think it is. Yeah. Yep, but it was cool. You bringing up that that line from Owatu actually reminded me again of the the final scene with he and Peggy kind of looking in on on Strange's reborn universe, and I really appreciated the fact that he still referred to Strange as their friends, like even though they just had this this falling out, like the relationship and the camaraderie they forged in battle previously, like that wasn't lost, and they still you know had an appreciation and an understanding for the the tragedy of their friend. Yeah, you know that's funny. I, I remember that line both times I watched it, I couldn't decide which friend he was talking about. Oh, uh, but I, I think you're right. I think it's Stephen because Kohori doesn't know the Watcher or yeah Uatu. But it, both yeah. times I watched, it, I was like, is, when he says our friend, whatever, does he mean uh, Stephen or does he mean there's 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 a way there was a way of taking it if I'm remem- mm. if I'm remembering the line you're talking about correctly that it could be Kohori as well, and I was like. I don't know, but I, I like okay. that too. I hope, I hope you're right. Um, yeah. I think, I think though that it's Steve. Cause like he never, he wasn't like hell bent on destruction. He wasn't like, I lost everything. So I have to make everybody else lose everything too. He was like, I'm going to take these bad things. Their universes are ending anyway. Well, that's not the case yeah. though. He, 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 not always. You know, like that's how it's, I, I, and this is just my headcan, but she, the, the whole point is, 
he's saying that's what he's doing. He's only taking multiverse or ver, universe enders, universe yep. universe killers, they call them. And then then it, it's Kohori that says, no, he's also taking like valiant heroes. Yeah, um, yeah, righteous heroes. But yeah. those righteous heroes might also be causing the end of their universe. M- they might be, but we don't. We don't yeah, know. Sure. We don't know. That's the headcanon that I'm using. He's, <laughs> he's like, their their universes are dying anyway. You're not using it anyway. Let me have yeah. some. Or maybe just like the universes are dying regardless of you know whatever, and he's just taking valiant heroes from there and like sacrificing them. I think about like what actually ended up satisfying the forge and the fact that it was, it was him and it was his grief. And that made me think like the forge just needed a powerful enough being. And he talked about how powerful yeah. his grief had become. So I thought he was targeting more and more powerful. That's what I uh, thought. Variants too. out there in Cahoria based on what we've seen from her so far. Like it, it makes sense that he would, he would be gunning yeah. for her. That's why he's like, yeah. this is the last one I need. Like this will put it well over the number that I need, yeah. whatever, whatever calculation of power. I really, uh, and and the fact that w- when Strange gets hit with that thing and it sort of separates him from his grief for a moment, I man, what a beautiful! I said that out loud, and then I was like, "What a beautiful metaphor of like being able to see through his grief for a second. It separates mm. him from his. Uh, it's really pretty. Um, but uh, my the thought that I had was very much not as pretty, not was- as like nice. I was like, she slapped the devil out that man. <laughs> Well, that's what I thought was happening. Do you remember how he became so powerful was consuming all those be- those demons and yeah. those beings? Uh-huh. So when she hit him with that bolt, Steven fell on the ground and you see like some shadows are emerging behind him. I mm-hmm. thought we were going to get that classic like I don't know, cost of serving demons moment where like right. the demons are now separate from him, like they were all released from his body, all those demons that he killed in season one. That's what I thought we were yep. about to get, like them like grabbing him and dragging him down or something. Mm. Um, but it makes sense that he was able to, sur- uh, you know, satisfy the forge because of all the power he'd been consuming from that season one episode where he's just like consuming demons and demons right. bigger and bigger. Yeah. He's just getting more and more powerful. He was he was doing that same the same plan from last uh, you know from that episode of of his uh, of last season where like oh I just need something more powerful exactly. to feed into the thing to help me save my universe I yep. just need I just need a little more juice you know yep. just need a little more juice and he just just greedy just for more. greedy for power that's all his character really ended up being it, uh, and greedy for power and wanting to change something he couldn't change. Mm. It's a fixed point in time. The other line that I thought was really interesting on a rewatch was, she says, okay, I'll help you, but after that you send me home. And he said, cross my heart. What's the first episode he's in called? What if Strange, what if strange lost his heart? Yeah. Instead of or his didn't hands. didn't have a heart or whatever it was, yeah. So cross my heart, to me, was like, he's saying, like, you take it two ways. <laughs> He doesn't have a heart to cross, right. but he also like one. his heart is Christine and he says, cross my heart, but like, it doesn't matter. His, his promises to her mean nothing because all of his promises are for Christine. I thought that yeah. was a really cool line in on a second watch. Mm. That is a good callback. Yeah. I also like the callback to the first season of the zombies. Oh, Yes. <laughs> When Hella took over the zombies and came through that door and they all got green eyes, I was like, oh, yeah, that's great. That's uh-huh. so good. When they all got green eyes, I was like, goddess of death! <laughs> like, immediately. <laughs> oh, it's awesome. I was hoping, though, that that was going to be white Hella, 
yeah writing in and taking them over and being like no 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 we ain't doing that <laughs> and then like Surter shows up and you know she's got to fight him because like obviously but i really wanted it to be that hella that was the 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 white yeah the that would have been white. really cool <laughs> i was hoping for that cool. one one thing i thought about loki it will seeing idrisil at the end i it made me think owatu going to Idr- the idrisil and you see the little green spark in the center. I was kind of thinking, like, Loki is kind of a Watcher. Like, oh, the Watchers are this this race of beings who, like, got enough power and they eventually ascended past this realm to to observe everyone. And yes, he's he's doing more than that. He's, like, literally powering the, the verse. But he's also just watching all these stories play out. You know, the God of Stories and all that. Um, it, like, kind of seems very similar to the role that the watcher plays. But I wonder I wonder if we'll ever get those two in an actual conversation if we ever do have a revisit Loki. I like that. I like the th- the thought that Loki's not quite so lonely that the the watcher checks in on him every now and they're like, "Hey, oh, what'd you I think about that. that one?" Oh, just, I love that hey, one. Hey guy. Oh, yes. <laughs> you oh, you look hungry. You know you want a sandwich? I know you can't go anywhere. <laughs> I'll go get, <laughs> you want me to go get something for you. I can pop over there to the TVA and get you some key lime pie. <laughs> I'm gonna- Hey, I'm running to the store. Do you want anything? (laughs) (laughs) I actually really, yeah, that's a really good call, Jay Scotty. I love that idea. And it kind of, we all are watchers of this content. You know, we all as fans and in this community and as fans, we like are people who watch things and discuss them. I kind of love the fulfilling nature of like Owatu and Loki are like these beings that can't either, either have, they have an oath to not interfere or Loki has this like, he can't interfere because he's busy, um, and so like they're they're able to sit and watch the multiverse and just discuss it. And like, I, I want to see that. Like, I want to see that yeah. show of them like watching. Loki, Loki said they're like holding all of it together, just like God, jeez, God, this is a lot. And Watu's like, you want to start a podcast? <laughs> I, I feel like I'm having a Jeff moment right now because when you started to say that, Matt. What if they got Tom Hiddleston to come in and fulfill that role that Stan Lee had? Because like I think that might be one of those things that like the MCU is missing as well. I thought like Ooh. Kevin Feige could step up to be that guy, and maybe people think it would be disrespectful to Stan Lee, but I don't know. But like that could work like in universe too. If Loki's yeah. just popping up as this random guy that's just watching what's going down and being that storyteller, oh, that'd be good. Even if it was that just for the multiverse great. saga, like the rest of the multiverse saga, he was able to. Once he has that role, he's able to pop in and and do that. That would be really, really. I, I don't really even cool. need the other characters to like acknowledge him if he's yeah. just there. Yeah, That's quite literally call. in that Stan Lee spot. That would yeah. be great. Yeah. yeah, interesting. Oh man, I like that. Yeah, this uh, this was a great episode, and it like gave context to the wider MCU. And it's just so much fun, man. God, mm-hmm. that look at Idrisil <laughs> was just the perfect. The perfect ending to both of these series. <laughs> I just I'm laughing so much at like Uatu just being like, "You want to play cards or something?" Yeah, totally. <laughs> and, and he's like, he's, "I'm so busy." Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that, but like, we watch a lot of these stories, right? Like, we watch a lot of it. But like, go fish, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Can you change the channel? <laughs> I just thought about like 
every time the watcher asks what if it's like another strand for Loki and he's like please just stop stop <laughs> <asking> <laughs> oh my god please stop <laughs> there's so much for me to hang on to what if what if what if I, I just like that in them, them like sitting on he makes them a little they, they turn it into a little throne instead of a throne it's a little like love seat and they're sitting together and like a watch has got popcorn and he keeps like giving a kernel to <laughs> yeah, Loki he just, like, he just, like, he, <laughs> Uh, <laughs> thanks man thanks <laughs> I <laughs> sorry <laughs> some silly stuff <laughs> I made pizza rolls <laughs> I, I made pizza rolls <laughs> I love I loved it. oh we've been talking about how much fun the watcher voice is to do uh-huh. And like in this episode, Haley Atwell got to do it, and I thought that was <laughs> yes, awesome. It made me laugh so hard because we've been doing it all this whole run of episodes, and she got to do it, and it was like it was just it was so much fun to hear Peggy like try to affect the watcher voice. <laughs> it's so funny she got to do that to someone who also has been talking to Watu, so like. She gets to make a joke that somebody else understands. Yeah, totally, totally. Like, They're like making she gets fun of their buddy. Something like they shared that yep. crazy thing. Her and Stranger just making fun of. Speaking uh, of references, Wasi. I mentioned in the last episode how we learned that she'd also seen Back to the Future, but now that we also learned she's seen Aliens, Jurassic Park, and Gremlins. So yes, Peggy. Yep. Whoever is giving you your recommendations is doing a stellar job. They're yep. nailing it. It's me when I was seven. Like this is like I, I am. I am. She has traveled through time and met me on a park bench when I was seven, and I gave her those <laughs> movies to watch. Those are perfect. Those are exactly my childhood right there. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you get enough of a dangerous thing, one of them always gets out. Yep. That was so funny. So fu- It's funny that she's kind of a pop culture head. Like, <laughs> being yeah, the woman yep. at the time, she, like, Steve is the opposite. Because he like knows nothing, he's trying to catch up, and and seems to never really get anything. The whole I get that reference thing, but like Peggy's Peggy's the one bringing up current pop, or like well, I say current, like forty year old pop culture at this point. <laughs> Oof. I know, man. That made me sad too. I'm sorry. They I should have had uh, the Grandmaster <laughs> in one of the cells in the background, and he when she said when she mentioned Jurassic Park, he just should have been like, you know, life uh, finds a way. <laughs> oh, speaking of Grandmaster, I think the collector was fighting. I recall shots. seeing him at least once. Yeah. Yes. One of the pauses that I did to see if I saw anybody, I think I saw the collector. There was a um, rocket that looked like he was a little more yeah. cy- cybernetically enhanced. Yeah, that one was yep. like jumping right at the screen. So that was, yeah. uh, and that made me wonder. I That was in the trailer. Yeah, that was the trailer shot where we were like, oh shit, Rocket's going to be like cyborged out like crazy. Mm. Yeah, well, I was mm. like, what is that what if going to be? And it wasn't. It was yeah. just a, this mm-hmm. like one shot. <laughs> oh man. Golly, so good, guys. So freaking good. I have had a blast talking about it with y'all. And uh, thank you both for being a part of this uh, thing and trying to make it happen as quick as we could. Mm-hmm. Jay Scott, you want to tell the people where they can find you online before we get out of here? I sure do. Animation Deliberation is the place to find me. That's the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. So if you like animated stuff like What If, Animation Deliberation is the podcast for you. Check it out. Sweet. And uh, we're also over on Multiverse News. Uh, we're going to be breaking out a new news episode this week. Um, right now, if news. you go over to our feed, we, we we took a week off of news because we had to record early for the holidays, but we did a episode about 
our top fives so uh for this year top five tv shows and top five movies um for 2023 so it was a lot of fun um Quina, it's it multiverse news is fun because it's a chance for us to talk about things beyond the mcu and for scoots over here beyond animation we're just kind of getting to talk mm-hmm. about a little bit of everything little touch of everything that we love so it's a lot of fun uh come check out multiverse news i'm confused there's stuff beyond the mcu Oh, don't act like you haven't been watching Percy Jackson. <laughs> I, I have been. I've been watching Percy. It's so good. Oh my god, it's so good. <laughs> nice. I have not. I, uh, is is it good? Is it that good? Yes, it's so. It's like I know you were a fan so of books. Like, way back in the day, I watched the movie, and then I was I was like, you know, I'll check out the books. So I read the books and was like, wow, those were so much better than the movie. <laughs> they came out with the second movie, and I was like, man, this is still not as good as the books, but like they're trying, and then. This series has what three episodes so far, and it is nailing it. It is freaking nailing it, and it's oh, it's I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. It's awesome. Yay! I'm glad. I, I knew you were excited about that coming out, so I'm glad. It's, I'm glad it's fulfilling. Um. Well, we will be back. Uh, is next week. I'm Soon. sure we we me. <laughs> I don't think we've told this on the podcast. Me and Jeff recorded a news episode like three weeks ago that just that we our recording failed. Um, so uh-huh. really, really Lost a bummer. To the ether. Lost to the ether, unretrievable. So uh, we may go back and hit some of that news we missed. Cause there's a lot have been going on, particularly the fact that uh, Jonathan majors is out as Kang and like, what's going to happen now. Um, and we haven't had a chance to talk about it. Cause the one news episode we did get uh, lost. So uh, we'll be back uh, with news episodes and feedback episodes in the coming weeks. And I think we've got a couple of uh, commissions also that people have requested. So maybe we'll try to hit those before we get to Echo, which is like a week away. <laughs> yeah, a week and a few days. Yep. So we'll be back yeah, soon, God. guys. Peace. Until next time, true believers. Hey, you just listened to the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast from Stranded Panda. I really hope you liked it. Let me just say a big thank you to all of our supporters on patreon.com slash mcucast. You are the lifeblood of our little operation here. And a huge, huge thank you to our insanely generous Illuminati tier patrons. Walter Kreisky III, Lieutenant Bongo, and Jazz Viz. You guys are amazing. If you'd like to see our beautiful faces, you can catch a video version of many of our episodes at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. Love you 3000, my friends. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.